Audacious Compassion, Episode 23. Be dramatic. Toothpaste and lemonade. Polka dots and stripes. You're a dark night. And I'm the day. Welcome to Audacious Compassion, a podcast where we explore how to find compassion in the most difficult places in daily life. I'm Melissa. And I'm Gregory. And today we'll be talking about recognizing when people are making assumptions about the role that family should have in your life. So, Gregory, how are you doing? So I've had a kind of a rough week, I guess, an up and down week. You know, it's still life. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, I've been sleeping a little better lately, uh, in part due to, you know, taking naps and turning on my humidifier, mm-hmm. um, but still got brain problems. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm medicated, uh, I've got an antidepressant regimen I'm on for depression and anxiety, but I had a really rough night, Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. I think we were, we were supposed to record and I canceled because, right. like, I was having full on, like trembling arms and uh emotional volatility out yeah uh, up to the roof like it was it was rough and it's something that i haven't had this bad since i went on pills Mm -hmm. this previous time um so that was that was tough and i i'm suspecting that part of it is pre-release jitters yeah um the next wednesday which is probably the day this will come out that's the, probably the, yeah. the, the 25th <laughs> of july um <laughs> we're gonna have a book coming out uh, rosette diceless a uh, role-playing game that's that's consensus based and um that's stressful like we're it prepping is. we got the book and there are a few printing issues that we're working out with the printer and mm-hmm. like that's probably just upped my normal level of stress enough to, like, throw stuff off. Yeah. Um, but one of the weird upsides to it is, um, so there are things that people just kind of assume you can do, right? Yeah. There's things you do that are part of regular life. I would love to do an entire episode about this. Yeah. In particular, things that people consider normal adult yeah, and, and, and the framework for this that millennials talk about mm-hmm. is adulting, yes. right? We talk about, like, it's tricky for me to adult as right. a verb. Um, and so, you know, things like leaving the house to get groceries mm-hmm. or dropping a package off at the UPS store to return a, a purchase right. or um, making a doctor's appointment to, to get something handled. Like, those are things that are really, really hard for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't get stage fright. Mm-hmm. But my it has been months since my car had a working climate control system. Yeah, my car has a thing where it's the <laughs> this model car in the Nissan Sentra has the old model of Nissan Sentra. A variety of electrical yeah. issues, all sorts of electrical <laughs> issues. But this one is there's just this little clip on the temperature control that will break after about a decade, mm-hmm. and so the temperature control will be set on hot. <laughs> Which which means that in the middle of summer, I, for a while, couldn't drive my car <laughs> without the heater being on full. Like, the, the fan, I could turn off the fan, okay. but then the heat was still, like, still, yeah. like, air flowing Intake. through it would, yeah. would 
would give off off heat. So that was awful. And we live in the south of the United yeah, States. Yeah, like it's so that's not that's untenable. Yeah, we're in the um, we're in the ninety degree weather sitch. So I've been putting off and putting off fixing it. I knew that I could fix it. It's I just had to tear open the console and put a zip tie. Literally put a zip tie on a thing. Yeah. Um, but if turns out when I'm in the mood where I'm you know struggling with like self-destructive or self-harm impulses like it's much easier to go like screw it like this is a terribly scary thing i'm feeling fatalistic oh let's God. just do it and go, so like i was the i was the i was out sweating and you know getting little cuts on my hands and stuff fixing a car which i guess is a healthy way to work through those impulses it's a way i mean um, being a working on cars is a thing right yeah that people do to, to de-stress and yeah so i don't know i feel accomplishment there which i think has helped um yeah. i still had uh yesterday a little bit of of um the same physical symptoms but they seem to have eased off for today yeah um but yeah that's uh hmm yeah it's a weird thing like i like i Two week, two months ago, I guess we talked about like realizing this is this is how your life is. This is life, yeah. and I guess this week was recognizing that the way that life is for me isn't the way that it is for a lot of other people, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's the classic, I guess, disability thing of like, yeah, I there are things I can do and there are things I can't do, yeah. and that's not the same list for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because I have a psychological diagnosis instead of like a internal medicine diagnosis Mm -hmm. doesn't really change that and the fact that i have a diagnosis doesn't actually change that right Right. like the those differences in ability are everyone's got them right so how are you doing today i'm doing all right my friends that have children are very liberal uh i don't know what do you want to call this like i'd say progressive progressive Um, and so there's less focus on the presumed gender of the child. Yeah, they're the sort of going to be like, I'm not going to dress my kids in pink or blue. It doesn't matter. I'll do green and purple. Right. Or even if they do, they're not going to make a huge deal about it. Right. There's someone I'm cool with who is having a baby soon. Um, and so they had what they called a gender reveal party. And so I had this this brief moment of thinking that this person had come out as trans. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then realized that that was not what had happened. <laughs> this is actually like a party that you throw where you know you've had the ultrasounds, you know the sex of your baby. Right. And you're announcing it's a boy or it's a girl. Right. Sometimes they have like a cake that they cut they, open to yeah. reveal like pink or blue something cake inside. Yeah, I don't know. this seemed to be this seemed to involve some sort of, you know, pressurized bottle or something that was like popped like a champagne bottle maybe okay. and like pink pink powder puffed out (laughs) um and everyone cheered um and you know and that that's the okay now you can buy gifts (laughs) because you know the sex of the baby you know the sex of the baby um and this is something i had never heard of before like i know that it's a big deal for many people to find Mm -hmm. out the sex of the baby like it's a thing you stand at the ultrasound right like every soap opera in the world um but uh, making it a party, which, I mean, make a party at anything, sure. I guess. Um, 
And calling it the gender reveal party? Yeah, when both, uh, of, both of us believe that you probably don't have a gender until you're three or four. Right. Like, or, until or you can self-describe. Yeah. You can maybe retrospectively have one. Right. But yeah, we call babies they. Yeah. Consistently. Um, and so it's... Uh, it was interesting. I was describing this to a colleague, um, and they were baffled like that you didn't re- that I didn't know about it right i mean i think it is relatively recent like i don't remember hearing about them growing up like it's only been the last 10 15 years that okay. i've heard about okay them. Oof, i'm not so out of touch um, yeah it's, i think it's kind of the instagram culture has sort of oh. brought that out like maybe they existed but it was just like at the baby shower yeah maybe yeah but yeah as a separate thing i think it's relatively recent yeah um so anyway regardless of um strange uh customs like gender reveal parties uh i'm super excited to like i don't know have another happy friend yeah and like i'll be traveling to the baby shower oh nice yeah the moment of of hearing that there was a gender reveal party and then spending 15 seconds going oh is is congratulations in order and then realizing that it was not in fact (laughs) what i thought it was, was was pretty entertaining yeah. So, our prompt this month uh, is uh, an email that we received. Thank you very much. Thank you. And it says, Dear y'all, I no longer speak to my biological father, and that is okay with me. However, I'm finding that whenever I discuss this with some people, they insist I have unfinished business and need to find closure or something along those lines. Huh. Yeah. Uh, this happens with friends, colleagues, and partners. I really don't think I have any business to finish. I'm certainly not going to hold a grudge or anything like that, but I think I'm fine without him in my life, though those kinds of conversations sometimes make me doubt myself. I think that I can be too porous when considering other perspectives, for lack of a better word. What should I say or do moving forward? Just never mention my father at all? I'll add that it sometimes just comes up, and I'm not actually asking people for advice on the matter. Love, Daddy Detoxed. It's cute. It's a cute name. It's a cute name. Boy, so I think you and I have <laughs> uh, more or less, not the closest relationships with our parents, I'd say. I think mine is a lot closer than yours. For sure. So people think you're supposed to behave a certain way towards your family maybe because mm-hmm. that's the quote-unquote normal way yeah and i think it's it's regional and it's cultural and so yeah it's, it's this it's that weird sort of false nostalgia thing um and i think that feeds into this like that the romanticism of that is kind of one extreme and then moving all the way to but i have a phone call with my mother every month how do you not talk to your father at all yeah because i don't want to right like the answer is pretty simple yeah but how do you what do you say that how do you say that oh i have such (laughs) i mean especially as i mean as someone who is as daddy detoxed says um kind of has maybe fluid uh social boundaries with people Mm -hmm. where they maybe it sounds like maybe they second guess themselves a little bit when someone says well you, you should do this i used to yeah. And, in, and in fact, some of the things we talk about on this podcast are things that led me to question it. Because setting a firm boundary and setting up 
an email filter to put someone's stuff in the trash Mm -hmm. is a very hard boundary and it can easily feel or be twisted to feel that you're not being open-minded, that you're not being compassionate. You're not giving space for that Mm -hmm. person to change, et cetera. Right. So it's very easy to fall into, am I actually doing the wrong, you know, the wrong thing. And people will tell you stories of having had rough adolescence and then coming back and being cool with their parents again. Right. Um, so I totally get that. Um, yeah, it's this, t- it's tough. I guess there's a, a bunch of different things that could work. Yep. Right, like not mentioning your father at all. Sure. Sure, but people like, people bring that shit up. <laughs> I mean, but you can you know you can not mention your father when they ask you. You can say I don't want to talk about it. Like that's true. It's easy to dodge that sort of like not not no judgment in that dodging. Like right. it is easy to avoid yeah. that kind of conversation. It's awkward. It's not easy. It's awkward. Sure, but it's simple. Yes. It's hard, but simple. There are also parallels to this with being a woman who does not want to have children. Yeah. And also gets when to... When are you sl- going to have kids? When are you going to have kids? And gets to slam that down of mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to. Or if Ever. You, or you say, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah. And people assume like the worst. So there's kind of that end, end of it. Right. Of not Like just of shutting it, it down. Yeah. And then I guess the other thing would be like... If someone brings it up, be like, I don't, I mean, I don't know exactly what the feelings are that are there. Like, I I think I can guess a little bit of possibilities, but like, I don't like my father. Yeah. Or the things my father has done result in me not wanting to ever be in contact with him. Like Oversharing. (laughs) Cool. But like, you can be, you can say something dramatic enough. Yeah. True. But dramatic enough. Yeah. That they'll be like, oh shit, whoa, hmm. yeah, like, I'm gonna never mind. <laughs> I guess not. But the fact, um, so they mention that even partners do this. Yeah, and so, partners presumably know the story behind it. Man, that would, yeah, that would piss me off. Quite frankly, yeah. like, especially like having if the problem with your father is they were abusive then having a partner question whether you should be in contact with that person with your father suggests that they don't believe it was so bad or you should just get over it, right? Like, they're yeah. making an assessment of your trauma. Um, yeah, or or maybe the issue is the father doesn't a- approve of your life choices. And right. in that case, your partner is one of those life choices, exactly. right? Like, right, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, you, you one of the things that you mentioned really early on, I think, is is has been percolating in my head which is you mean like over the last 13 years or <laughs> no no in no the last 13 like, minutes okay. yeah 13 minutes uh you said uh we've all got unfinished business everywhere oh yeah like yeah like i think that it, if if someone says well you've got some unfinished business you need to take care of i mean you could say i might have unfinished business that's not the unfinished business i want to deal with right now i've got yeah. a bunch of business yep and I, I mean i think that's a that is a when you think about like the, the being porous question, right? Like, do mm-hmm. I question myself and whether I'm closing this door or not? Like, yeah, okay, maybe you're not, right? Like, you can find, you can get in touch with each other in some fashion later down the road, but that is so low on my priority list that I'm not going to worry yeah. about it. And maybe it's just not worth it. Like, right. there's a thing of like, I've got this unfinished business here, mm-hmm. but I've got this business that I would be starting if I tried to open right. it up that yep. isn't, the trade-off isn't worth it. Right. So, I mean... I, it's not i don't think it's going to be i think the easy approach is to yes don't mention don't mention the father to shut it down whenever it comes up and that's totally a cool way to be 
Except, so here's where that gets tough, is you cannot remove the history with that person. So, like, consider, I work in tech, my father works in tech, I learned a lot of things as a child, math, whatever, from living with this person who worked in tech, right? Sure. It is difficult to talk about early experience, like, oh, where did you first, what'd you first program? Like, well, I worked with my father on a thing, yeah, right? I mean, like, I can't, like, I can't do the, like, family picture with the person cut out on it, you but, know? But, I mean, there's a certain extent to, I mean, I guess a strategy that I learned from my mother is... Like, you can rehearse these social interactions. Like, True. you can be like, what, uh, I learned it as a kid. Yes. When did you get into fishing as a kid? Yes. Like, you don't need to say you got it from your dad. That's it's that's, that's sort yeah. of that same expectation. And like, that's probably the easier of these, but it's still mm-hmm. not, not going to be easy. That's true. And there's something I have struggled with is, along with sort of the idea of erasure, is... Um, being generous with what credit there is to give. Like, parents aren't evil. They're not. There are, there are good things and bad things. And to erase the good, like, imagine applying that as a life template. I'm going to ignore the good things because yeah. some things are bad. Yeah, every, like, that's not how I lived. Right? I, I, don't, I don't know that I believe that anyone is entirely bad. Exactly. There's certainly people whose badness outweighs anything they could ever do. Right. But... So, like, as a as a sort of a mindfulness and, like, in line with my own values, I don't want to erase someone from existence. Now, there are people with whom I will not bring up my father because of exactly this. They'll be <laughs> like, oh, let's open this door and talk about your That's again. true. You, you don't can... need to use the same strategy for everyone. Exactly. So, I would... Again, the fact that partners are in that list is worrying. Yeah. Um, but And I mean, that, that with partners especially, that might be a case where you do set up a boundary. Like, don't say that to me. Right. Don't. Yeah. I am not interested in hearing that. Do not do that. Yep. And that is a boundary that you can totally set with someone who's, if, if they are close to you and care about you, they'll be like, okay. Yep. And you can pick your colleagues. Like... I being a being a woman in the industry, I don't need people going around thinking I have daddy issues at work, right? Yeah. Like that's some that gets weird. So I don't, you know, like you just don't. <laughs> yeah. So so I guess strategies Selective. are yeah. don't bring it up, mm-hmm. or alternately, shut it down with it down. enough truth to to make it clear that you've got reasons. <laughs> the drama angle, I'm not sure. Is the, is, I I can't even imagine. Well, I mean, I think that I think that that making it clear that the circumstances are exceptional mm-hmm. breaks that expectation thing, right? Where they're like, "Well, everyone needs to be close to their family," and be like, "My family is not normal." Except that, except that that's the BS, right? Like, no, no. I mean, I don't think that any family is normal, but yeah, right. But like the the pretense that the pretense that families that nice families are the norm. Regardless of whether it's actually nice, right, and regardless of whether you actually like interacting with them, but that the performance of of close family is what's normal, uh, is something I'd like to see see shaken up a bit. Sure, but you, it's okay to lie sometimes. Sure. If it, I mean, yeah. as long as it's not coercive. Yep. And it's okay to sometimes compromise your ideals. If it means staying safe. But I think you, you have to look at your options in each circumstance and figure out which feels best. Yeah, yeah. And if it if you try it out and it doesn't feel right at all, mm-hmm. switch 
how you'd respond in that situation. Like, yeah. it's going to be an ongoing thing. Yeah. You've, you've already set a huge boundary yes. of being like, no, I'm not going to fulfill this societal expectation. Yep. How you deal with the edges of it and where it bleeds into the rest of your life is is going to be easy in comparison, I think. Yeah, yeah. And it does get easier with time. Yeah, I can definitely. say that. Practice. Like, it, yeah, people are more surprised over mm-hmm. time, but I am much more blasé over time, and so it's it's easier to to. And, and speaking off the... of the dramatic statement, <laughs> if you're talking about getting easier over time, saying I haven't spoken to my father in five years, yeah, that that I think is a good way That's to shut true. people down. <laughs> yeah, like it kind of is. Like that'll probably make people go, like, "Oh, I guess." Yeah, that's, I guess it's that's what it's coming it's to at this point. Definite. Once you get only the other half of a decade, you people start leaving you alone. So what have you been inspired by lately, Melissa? Can I be inspired by a hashtag? I guess, sure, I guess. So, uh, the week of this recording uh, has been a social media event called Love Indies. Um, and it is started by um, a company called Fail Better Games. They're a British game development company. Uh, all their stuff is amazing. Go play their yeah, stuff. Yeah, very narrative-heavy. Um, Victorian-ish. Yeah, sort of weird fiction, ste- vague, not steampunky, Victorian. gaslight, I would say. They call it Victorian, yeah. officially. Um, what, Fallen London, Sunless Seas, Sunless Skies are yep. their most well-known games. Yep. Um, and so they've started this as, like, um, a way for the indie community, like, not only developers, but people who play indie games and people who who stream and are quote-unquote influencers, which is a word I yeah, it's, hopefully it's, it's will weird. never say again for another two years. And yeah, indie games are just like games that don't have major publisher support, right? right. Little little mom-and-pop shop yeah. games. Usually 100 people or less. Yeah, seems, roughly. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that really makes us be able to pay the bills with that kind of thing is for people to like review and recommend our games. There's a lot of indie games out there, and it's really hard for people to, to get attention. Um, and so they're like, let's just do this week. This week where we review and recommend and, and um, rate games. And give away to the community, yep. like celebrate the people that support us by, yeah. you know, here's coupons and and behind-the-scenes information. Right. And here's our personal game recommendations and mm-hmm. all that. So we just threw ourselves in this week. It was like... Sure, let's do this Screw thing. it. Every day, let's do something. Yeah, let's do something. We have, conveniently, we have four games that are yeah. commercial. Um, and we kind of got really rolling on Tuesday. So that meant mm-hmm. a, that meant a game a day. Um, I feel like we had five. We must have had five. Um, I don't remember what how many games we have. Um, <laughs> but uh, I also did things like uh, do Twitch streams of games that either I had never tried and had very few reviews on Steam. Um, you know, you, you buy a bunch of games on sale and, mm. and do that sort of thing. So I streamed a couple games I never played before, um, streamed some games I love, wrote reviews of them, things like that. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Um, what was inspiring about it is, one, I played two games that I bought five or more years ago yeah. and never played. Right. There's that whole backlog problem that, that game folks have these days. Um, so it's good to dive into that. 
Um, it was awesome to like sort my list of games by least number of reviews on Steam. Yeah, least number of reviews other people have made. Right. And so Steam has some thresholds on how many reviews you want to have and things like that. So I was like, well, let me start from the bottom, work my way up. Um, if the game can run, we'll try it. <laughs> um, and so it was it was fun. I played games, a couple, at least one of the games I played was something that I might have never played. Like I bought it because... It looked cool, and it was super cheap, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I that I looked at it, I was like, boy, this actually looks like it's going to be really hard. Yeah. I think I'll pass. I've uninstalled it and reinstalled it, like, probably five or six times over the years. Um, I played it. It was a lot of fun. It was weird. It was quirky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it streamed really well. Was this one? What was this, this one was Particulars. Called? Particulars. Um, so I recommend it. The, the company seems defunct. That's actually true of both of the new games yeah, I played. Uh, all of them are... <laughs> All the creators are working on one thing or another, but right. aren't don't seem to be doing the same thing that they were doing when those came out. Right, yeah. Um, and so, I don't know, it was just like, it was fun and invigorating, and I'm trying to figure out, I really like streaming um, on Twitch. Um, I like doing short streams. Um, and by short, I mean like, you know, I follow some people for whom this is their full-time job. Yeah. So, so they stream eight, ten hours a so day. Short is like half an hour, one hour. Half an hour to one hour it feels about right. Um, I can only, like, if I'm drinking wine, I can get a glass and a half before I start slurring. Just a little bit. So uh, there's that. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of thinking through, like, what kind of schedule do I want to have? Where does this fit? Like, is this a, is this a creative endeavor for me? Does mm-hmm. this fill some sort of niche? I have a million side projects I could be doing. Right. Is this one I want to do. I mean, you can um, stream those side projects, too. I could. I could... I don't know. Live stream, coding is stream weird. Stream development. I mean, people do it. People stream do writing. It. Yeah. Um, stream knitting. <laughs> I've been knitting years. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what's been inspiring me. Getting, getting some creative juices flowing in a way that I don't normally... So, what have you been inspired by? I've been reading a book called He, She, and It by Marge Piercy. I'm almost done with the book. Like, I'm in the last <laughs> chapter or two. I is thought this, I might finish it. Is it fiction? Um, Non-fiction? Fiction. Okay. Um, so it is, it is I, I would call it dystopian fiction in the cyberpunk lens. Okay. Um, mega corporations rule most of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world has been uh, destroyed by um, man-made climate change, like the the... It's most places you can't go outside during the day without dying in a matter of hours Uh. um, from the cosmic rays. Um, A lot of the agriculture is dead. A lot of the Mm -hmm. animals are dead. Um, And the main character is is a a woman who came from one of the few free towns, Mm -hmm. which sort of are able to sustain themselves and protect themselves, um, under some sort of shield or bubble on yeah yeah they've okay. got they've got a wrap is what they call it so they're like they're a burrito they're free towns they're like these these domes and cities that are controlled by the megacorps and then there are these slums mm-hmm. there where the rest of the people live um that are like the the one that's most relevant to the story is called the glop the megalopolis okay that's the east coast megalopolis um where it's like these are basically bedroom communities for cheap labor for the corporations mm-hmm. so all the people that clean the toilets and and uh mm-hmm. answer the phones and and you know all the people that the corporations consider less than mm-hmm. live in these relatively violent uh de facto gang run actually de jure 
uh, gang-run places where, like, the, the corporations will pay local gangs to keep peace. It feels like a Farscape episode. Yeah, or, yeah. Or it's, it's, it, <laughs> it's that sort of, like, gritty cyberpunk yeah. thing. But the main character is uh, is working for one of these mega corporations and has just divorced and loses custody of her son. Mm, okay. um, and moves back kind of in a, during a time when she can kind of no longer fight to get custody back um she's he's he's been like off planet mm-hmm. and so she's kind of has no choice but to give up for now mm-hmm. um she goes back home to this jewish free town that she's from oh. um and there she finds out that some of the, her her grandmother and uh someone her grandmother knows have been working on making a cyborg the an artificial person an android however you want to call it mm-hmm. um and it's the first one. Like this is not a normal thing in this world. Like it's you. You are not allowed to do it, and you and nobody knows how. Oh, weird. You can't. Okay. You don't make human-shaped robots. That's the one of the things. Like there was a thing that happened that was ah, bad. So don't okay. make human-shaped robots. And even if you do, I mean, they won't be a person. They're not. You can't make them that smart. Oh, of course. Um, and so in this case, <laughs> they have. Um, his name is Yod. Uh, after the Hebrew letter because oh. he is the seventh, eighth. He's, there have been several prototypes before him, um, and, uh, and she's kind of, she is, she's a programmer, and she's been hired to get him functioning in society, because he's designed to be a protector for this town. Okay. And so, she kind of, there's romantic attraction that develops, and like, is he a person, isn't he? What does it mean that I'm, mm, that's that nice. I'm interacting with this person who's essentially shadow yeah. Um, and then this is tied in with a retelling of the story of the Golem of Prague. I figured a Golem was going to figure it in yep. here somehow. Um, and so there's this ex- exploration of like, you know, what does what does like traditional Jewish culture think of sort of artificiality and the role mm. of women in society, and how does this perspective apply yeah and in the meantime so, so there's this romance there's this inner story where which is actually the grandmother telling the cyborg the story of the golem of Prague. which okay. if you don't know it uh very roughly it's the story of frankenstein okay before frankenstein um it's person makes a makes a non-human creature uh for one purpose it proves to not necessarily obey that purpose mm-hmm. and the the creator the the creation and the creator have to determine what the relationship to each other is okay um which is mirrored in the in the larger story but there's also this sort of cyberpunky story of like internet assassins and really yeah cybernetically modified people who are like fighting the the megacorps and kidnapping the kid back and all this stuff okay um so it's very good so far um i'm not sure We've reached the point in the story at which there's the the <laughs> confrontation of like, is this really a person? Are we going to turn them over? Like all yeah. of that. Um, so I'm interested to see how it turns out. Um, it's definitely it is an exploration of gender roles. I don't know how. I don't think it's particularly queer, mm-hmm. um, except in like, there's definitely this feeling of like, women don't necessarily have to have this role. It's cool for women to have relationships yeah. of various kinds. Um, it's definitely feminist. Um, mm-hmm. But, but not, but not, but new, not, not like, newly progressive. 
Um, no, I mean, it's, it is old. It's from 1990 or so, okay. 1991. So I think it's progressive yeah. for the time. Um, the, but the college we went to was still all male. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, but like to put an example of how old it is, um, I was almost thrown out of the novel entirely when the spy, they talked about spy drones that were flying around taking mm-hmm. pictures of things. And they said, don't worry, I blew it up. So it can't take its film back to base. No. <laughs> yeah, right? Because back then Polaroids. back then we didn't think about wireless yeah. tech in the same way that we right. do now. We were still putting floppy disks in our, yeah, I mean, in our the, digital we, cameras. We still called things car phones. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> oh, but it's it's very cool. I definitely recommend it. That'll um take it it's back. a good, I think, relatively easy read. Um as someone who is only passingly familiar with Jewish culture, I, I always like getting insights into cultures that I'm less familiar with, mm-hmm. um, and I want to read more of her stuff. Yeah. So we've been talking about recognizing when people are sort of uh, pushing expectations of the role that family should have in your life. Um, Daddy Detoxed is struggling with communicating with folks who, you know, unfinished business and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you should talk to your father. Should, this is yeah. what is done. This is normal. Right. Um, and I think even aside from our own struggles, mine of course happens to be my father, but there are plenty of other ones, right? Mm-hmm. Siblings navigating this space where what's normal isn't normal. We can, we know this yeah. internally, um, but we do have to live in a world that does have an idea of what normal is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that extends, I mean, we're talking here about parents and siblings, but as two poly people. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> people, How many partners should you have? We right. talked about like yeah. what what is normal a normal thing to be able to do mm-hmm. in life. Exactly. All of um, that. So uh, all of that applies, and it's it's hard to manage. It's hard yeah. to to put a face on that is normal enough to get by <laughs> and not cause trouble. Um, I think I think understanding your your normal or your state mm-hmm. is really really valuable in this yes. situation like the fact that daddy detox can say i don't want to talk to him i know yeah. i don't want to talk to him that isn't the issue here i'm not looking for help on that right i just want to deal with people who tell me that right. i should exactly um i think that that's an important thing like that's the mm-hmm. big step is and that going... can take a hard time that can oh, be yeah. hard to get to yeah yeah but it's okay how you are is okay and is good and is wonderful mm-hmm. and if you want to be different and want to be better you can work on that too mm-hmm. um but accepting who you are and what you need is a big thing right. huge thing that not huge. enough people yep do and and that i think no one does as much as would be best yeah so stand firm be dramatic if necessary, like flounce out of the pick, room. <laughs> pick the pick the strategy that works best. Like for the if, setting for the person. Yeah, if avoiding it works best, cool. If try it out. Like each of these interactions is going to be so such a, a singular data point. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes you're gonna mess them up. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You'll do better next time. Yeah, and, and hopefully this doesn't come up all the time. Hopefully, and if it does, that's that's a boundary <laughs> setting situation. That's yeah. like. Stop talking to me about my father every lunch. I don't want to. Like, just, no. Let's talk about anything else. There's like, so many other things in the world. Yeah. Can we please? If you're being hassled about it, that's that's a different situation. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's going to be a process, unfortunately. And it's totally yeah. okay for you to 
keep setting that boundary despite everyone telling you that it's wrong and Mm -hmm. if you change your mind later that's cool too yep but but i think people have to kind of earn that trust like if they've if they've if they've questioned before yeah that whether you should be talking to your father or not they get to earn the right to know more and the right they get to demonstrate that they that they also accept your choices exactly so thank you for talking to me today thank you for talking to me and thank you all for listening this has been audacious compassion if you have a question or a prompt for discussion please submit it to us at averyweir.net that's A-V-E-R-Y dash W-E-I-R dot net. And as a reminder, we're taking a new practice where we're not recording episodes if we don't have prompts. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you especially want to see a new episode, it could be your submission that causes one to happen. Yeah. And you can find the show on Twitter and Facebook at Audacious Cast. Um, and we'll be posting there. What we'll, some of the stuff that we post um, will be um, follow Friday. So, like when we talk about games like Particulars or mm-hmm. various books we like, we'll point those out on social media. Um, we occasionally retweet some interesting articles and things like that. Yeah. Um, so we would greatly appreciate likes and follows. Um, if you listen on an Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you listen, um, take some time and rate us there uh it oh. helps us helps people find us indie games and podcasts benefit from this reviews is very and ratings. true yes uh i am melissa avery weir and i can be found at melissa avery weir at mastodon.social and i'm gregory avery weir and i can be found at gregory weir on twitter and together as we have mentioned we run a video game studio called future proof games which you can visit at futureproofgames.com Our theme music is Invisible Light by Josh Woodward, available under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 license. Talk to you later.